Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Shalom, friends. This is Scott Holtz reporting to you this podcast on January 25th, beautiful Sunday morning, 2009, here in Israel. Wow, lots of exciting stuff going on. Let me report to you some behind-the-scenes information you may not be aware of. Glory to God. Here we go. Well, first of all, the good news is that the unit, uh, the special site, one of the Sayeret units that we sponsor, that we personally work with, that you guys are praying for, consider it your unit also one of the chief counterterrorism units here in Israel. Um, they went into Gaza Strip. All of the unit was able to get out of the Gaza Strip. Nobody was killed, um, only little minor injuries. And we thank God, we praise God for that. One of the commanders came over here to uh, share his appreciation. Now, asked him, you know, kind of compare notes with him. Like this certain day, we were really interceding, deep in intercession what was going on, and he was just amazed, saying, wow, this is going on. So remember, as these young men and women are in the valley of the shadow of death, we're backing them up in intercession. You're backing them up with the combined blast of the shofar, hallelujah, doing reconnaissance against the serial killers, the terrorists, okay, the Islamo-fascist, those that want to bring terror against God's people. And it's beautiful to see how working with the units on the ground with this tactical spiritual warfare element is bringing about great success. Um, just to let you know, <laughs> folks, you're going to have to really stay on top of this, okay? I know you, I encourage you to read Depka Files, Jerusalem Post, Haaretz for left and right side of the equation of what's happening here. But let's just give you the fundamental problem. The fundamental problem is... The current administration uh, buckles and yields to America and the United Nations and the EU. Uh, why did Israel pull out? Many of the soldiers were very, very upset. It's like going in, preparing a road, but never driving on it. It's like building a house, but never moving in and living in it. And that's what they felt. They felt they, they worked for several weeks to clean the area, to, to get in, to surround the Hamas terrorists who were holed up in tunnels, and that underground infrastructure, and they were never given the green light to go in and finish the job because of the political situation, because of the elections coming up here in just a few weeks here in Israel. And really the main motivating factor was because they still there's still a riddle about President Obama. They don't know how he's going to react. And since he has become the next president of the United States and the most powerful man of the free world, uh, Israel is starting to get cold feet. They're starting to get um, a lot of, uh, <clears throat> how to say, rifts are developing between Israel and the Obama administration already. So again, the soldiers wanted to finish the job. They wanted to, to take out the terrorists. They wanted to destroy their infrastructure. Um, but they were told to pull out 
because of political reasons. Now, not all is lost. Um, this ceasefire is, that's all it is. It's a ceasefire. We're still at war. I want you guys to understand that. We're still at war here. The Hamas are still wanting, doing terror attacks. That's not making too much publicity right now. Things are not necessarily quiet. We just have a ceasefire. Hamas is reloading, okay? And they're going to squeeze in as much financial support from around the world to rebuild their terror network. Now, first of all, this war was over in the first four minutes. After over 100-plus Israeli warplanes came in, pinpoint strategic bombing of command centers, missile silos, etc., first four minutes, this war was over. The ground troops came in to finish the job. They were not given the total freedom to finish the job. No matter what Olmert says, no matter what Barack, the defense minister, says, many soldiers say, why did we go in? Why were certain of our soldiers killed? Why did, what was it good for? Just a momentary cessation of rocket fire? And we never really got all the bad guys that we were supposed to. Second, the Israeli public saying, hey, we went into Gaza. Why didn't we get our prisoner back, Gilad? Why, why is he still there? And so there's a discomfort. There's an agitation. There's an anger against the political system here. And, uh, you know, folks, I just, you know, I look at, at this situation and I say, wow, we really need to lift up our heads because our redemption draws nigh. Things are really culminating. There's wars and rumors of wars. There's confusion. Uh, the things that are coming on the earth, many people's hearts are failing because of fear. And Jesus says, in our perseverance, you know, endure to the end. Glory to God. That's what we're going to do. So basically, the ceasefire is a ceasefire. It's very fragile. There is no end of the warfare. They have not proclaimed an end of war, Okay. Now, we have a great uh, conduit, a great opening into the special forces and counterterrorism uh, community. Uh, God has opened this door, and through your prayers and your financial support, we're able to get to these units the exact information, the exact Holy Ghost uh, tactical uh, pinpoint strike information, reconnaissance, and also just certain gear they need that is not requisitioned and come down through the chain of command quick enough for them. Uh, you know, just little things like flashlights or different pointers for their weapons or, you know, Leatherman tools. All these small little things add up. You know, different types of insulated underwear when it was cold and rainy uh, this last month. So these things are a great blessing to them. And I want you to know there's a fraternal brotherhood spirit of these special forces with rivers in the desert. And when you guys come over, you have a chance to meet a lot of them. Glory to God. Um, one of the commanders was, came over here. Uh, they're still on call, ready to go in at a moment's notice back into Gaza and showed me some unpublished pictures, which uh, the Lord led me to give them a very expensive uh, Nikon camera, Nikon camera that I had. And the Lord told me to sew it into the unit so I sewed it, and they were able to use this unit with its large lens to take pictures of the tactics they can use to train other soldiers. They were showing me these, some of these pictures of the underground tunnel network. It's amazing, the city that they built underground, the Hamas. A second, they were able to show me the weapons, how many weapons they found in the uh, Hamas terrorist homes 
and the weapons were stored in the children's rooms. Folks, this is not, they're not stored just in an underground silo or a cave somewhere or a tunnel system. They are stored right in the children's rooms. What kind of parents are these? It's, you know, dogs treat their, their offspring better than, than these terrorists treat their offspring. They have no, it's a culture of death. Uh, and they were able to show me the one room that was booby-trapped and showed me all the different slides of all the different propane tanks and trigger devices that were used uh, to try to trick Israeli soldiers. They showed them the different uh, mannequins that the Hamas had set up to bait Israeli soldiers into a room. So I guarantee you, folks, these people have no idea what anything in the Geneva Convention says. They don't care about the Geneva Convention. It is violence and the most diabolical means of, of terror you can imagine. Uh, and they showed me, they had identified through the reconnaissance that in one of the mosques there in Gaza was a storehouse for weapons. And they, at one moment, they, a lot of the terrorists were gathering in that place, and they were able to destroy the building. And they showed the video. Uh, and as the mosque is collapsing down upon these terrorists, you can hear them screaming, screaming, and it's almost as though you can hear them screaming as they drop into the netherworld, dropping into the regions of the damned. Um, the screams I heard were not human screams. You know, the first time I heard screams like this was casting the devil out many years ago in an exorcism. Hallelujah, just casting devils out of people. And the screams that would come out of, of the people's voices as the demons would come out uh, is very, very uh, remindful to me of what I heard as saw in this video this week um, as these people are being killed by the collapsing uh, infrastructure coming down on them, the concrete. And as they scream, I, I, just don't, I don't hear human voices. I hear mixed in demons screaming. I hear these people screaming in fear mixed in with these demons crying out as they drop into the regions of the damned. It's a very, uh, very... Uh, frightening video and uh, again it, i think it should be played on national tv here it's like, i don't know if it's going to be released or not it should be played worldwide not just to show terrorism the end result of what's going to happen when justice comes to these people but to provoke people to miss the gates of hell to be born again before it's too late wow heavy heavy stuff and um so the, the soldiers are glad to be out for a few days, get some rest, do their laundry, see their families. They're on call to go right back in. They're camped out right there on the border. A lot of different operations going on that you may not be knowing about uh, from the news outlets, but in, in the West Bank, also in the north, rounding up a lot of uh, terror suspects. So anyway, that's life here in Israel right now. Uh, we have hundreds of millions of Muslims that are... Wanting to push us into the ocean. Thank God that God has raised up America and other nations to give us financial support, give us political support, but also give us military support so we could stay on the cutting edge and be many steps ahead of our, our terrorist enemies. And this brings us to a new juncture. Uh, I'm deeply concerned in my spirit uh, the amount of uh, darkness that's creeping into our societies, especially in America and Canada right now. 
And again, I, I'm not trying to get that under my skin and get into a place of fear or, uh, you know, a place of despondency. But I want to encourage you folks, we are in the last days and to lift up our heads, our redemption draws nigh. We're in perilous times. Men are lovers of self, lovers of pleasure, you know, more than lovers of God right now. And you have to really condition yourself in this hour to run the race. Glory to God. And uh, this is the purpose of this podcast, is to encourage you. Also, Dali, she had some great testimonies. Her and a friend named Ilana went into the Gaza Strip and were able to deliver care packages to the soldiers. And, um, you know, it just it's really cool. It's really cool to, to be here. Um, I got I read all of your emails that came to me the last two weeks. I want to thank you for those. I know we're hearing from people we haven't heard from for years. Uh, concerned about us, you know, they're watching the news and seeing the missiles and the war that's going on, concerned and praying for us. And we appreciate that. I'm not able to answer each one, but just know that if you keep sending me the same email over and over, I think it, <laughs> it will get into my inbox on a higher priority list. And if I see you keep on emailing me over and over and I'll get to you, okay? Just I'm just swamped. I have thousands of emails come in. And uh, it's just very difficult to return those. I hope you understand that. Um, you can, of course, try to call us um, and get a hold of us. And if you liked our my mobile number, I can give that to you uh, via email. So in terms of, I'm excited that our unit was able to go in, uh, was on the cutting edge of counterterrorism, was able to come out with no major casualties, and they were able to get back home to their families. And, uh, but the work's not done, folks. Only half the job was done. We're still in a very fragile ceasefire here. There's still the rumblings of Gog and Magog. And now we got a new administration in America, President Obama. And already the State Department and others are starting to put the screws to us here, starting to pressure us, starting to get that torque wrench, torquing things in. They want, they want to have a, their Palestinian state here. They want to have their, they want to have a divergence away from what the Bush administration was trying to put together. And uh, it's very interesting to see America really beginning to put the pressure to Israel in this hour. Anyway, that's why we're here. We're here to stand in the gap. And let me share some good news with you after that little update. The good news is, is that I was reading it in Genesis chapter 26, and I believe that's for many people today. In Genesis 26, it says, Isaac, there was a famine in the land. Um, besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham, so Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. In verse 2, And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land which I shall tell you. So in this part of the world, it's, you know, if we don't have water, things don't survive. And brothers and sisters, as all eyes are on Gaza and the Hamas and the war and Iran and what's developing here, I want to turn your eyes away from that to even a greater problem, and that is the coming drought that's here. We're in a major drought. We've had hardly any rain this winter. Uh, the Sea of Galilee, the water table in the central uh, Sharon region is very, very low. Uh, we're at a situation where uh, it's a danger point. If, unless we get major rains the next couple months and solid rains, uh, we're in for a very, very disastrous um, 
script unfolding here in Israel and the Middle East. We're in a drought situation, um, and there's not a whole lot of water. There's going to be some major water rationing going on this summer. And I want to encourage guys to pray, to pray for rain. Hallelujah. And in one sense, rains are being withheld because the sins of Israel and Judah and my people, Jeremiah says, uh, the people have gone to build cisterns that cannot hold water. and They committed two evils. They've rejected the Lord and they've gone to build out cisterns that cannot hold water. And uh, we're in, you know, the days of Elijah. You know, I kind of chuckle that song. These are the days of Elijah. You know, and and I'm, wait a minute, I says, okay, if we're in the days of Elijah, which is fine, change the melody, please, because we're talking about famine, we're talking about the prophet Elijah <laughs> signing up and, and prophesying drought, we're talking about famine, we're talking about Ethiopia, Sudan, you know, famine conditions in the land to wake people up to come back to God, uh, we're talking about strategic warfare against the false prophets of Baal and the Ashtaroth, we're talking about you know, seizing the kingdom of God by force, by violence in this hour. Hallelujah. So it's a very interesting time. If we're in the times of Elijah, let's center in on James 5 and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Let's pray. Let's believe. And let's pray those prayers like Elijah that it will not rain and then it will rain. Hallelujah. And to bring the people in this region to their knees to see that God is God. Amen. And it says here that the Lord appeared to him during this famine and said, do not go down to Egypt. And I want to encourage you, it's not just a famine of not having water, enough water here in the Middle East. It's a famine. It's a financial system in America, is being in Canada, is being shaken, and Europe, is being shaken right now. And there's a seemingly a famine. People are losing their jobs, uh, corporate cutbacks. People are going into rationing. They're cutting back their vacation time. They're starting to ride bikes and getting in cars. I don't need to paint the whole picture for you as people are going into survival mode, econo mode, so to speak, compared to how it was the last 10 years. And this is the time not to go down into Egypt. Don't go to the world. Don't go to the worldly way and the worldly customs. Don't go into that system, okay? God told Isaac, do not go down into Egypt. Stay here. Sojourn in this land, verse 3 of chapter 26, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and to your descendants, I'll give all this land. I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. And I'll multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and your descendants in these all these lands. And by your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my law. So Isaac lived in Gerar. Now this chapter is so powerful, brothers and sisters. First of all, the natural knee-jerk reaction is to follow the worldly system, to jump on the bandwagon. Don't do that this hour, okay? Stay in the place that God has you. This is the time, you know, don't look at your financial checkbook, don't look at your job, don't look at your church, don't look at your, your, your circumstances, don't look at, you know, go back even further and say, where have I not obeyed God? Because all you have to do, it's not how much you confess and try to believe for and how much you pray and all these things you do, okay? It's not a works-orientated situation to make God do something, Okay. 
I'm talking about getting under the sovereign hand of God, that he is sovereign, that he is the potter, we are the clay, and we say, Lord, forgive us. I'm so sorry, Lord. I, I repent. Realign me back to that place you want me to be in. Hallelujah. And that place he wants you to be in is in his perfect will. Now, Abraham was, you know, was in God's will, but he listened to his wife, okay, and listened to a circumstances and looked at his physical body and then have descendants and created an Ishmael. And that's the problem we have today because Abraham was anointed, appointed. He obeyed God. He left um, that area of Mesopotamia, came to the land of promise, sojourned in the land of promise. But during that time in the land of promise, he did not endure to wait for the promise of Isaac to come. And he jumped ship, okay, and tried to make it happen and created an Ishmael. Folks, that is part of the problem today. Ishmael... And I don't need to go into a whole teaching on this. You can just read the Bible and understand that. But if you have obeyed God and you are in a situation, don't grow lax. Don't grow backwards. Don't let loose your grip. Don't try to make something happen in the flesh. Don't create an Ishmael in this hour. It's so important. This is for people out there that are listening to this podcast. It is so important for you to understand what's being said here. Go back to that point and say, oh, God. You know, rend your heart, sift through your heart, break up your fallow ground. For it's the time for the Lord to send the rain, amen? And this is in this time of famine, folks, without a doubt, there's a spiritual famine in the land. Um, I talk to friends that call me from Canada, America, and Europe, and I say, what's going on spiritually? Is there any uh, moves of the Spirit going on? And most of them are saying there is not any moves of refreshing going on as it was in the 90s. Uh, mainly it's just I'm getting refreshed in my own personal private time or the people I hang out with and the soul-winning adventures we do. Uh, that's what I'm finding, the living waters. I said, okay, so we're in a time of, of a spiritual drought and um, we're in a time of an economic drought. We're in a time of political shakings. And this is the time for us not to hightail it back to Egypt. Okay, This is the time for us to stick it out and be right in the center of what God's told us to do. So tragic, you know. I, just this month, I got reports of two on-fire ministers that used to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, that loved God, that loved our ministry, loved the mystery, the book of the mystery of lawlessness, have both left their wives. One guy ran off with a 21-year-old. And I'm just sitting there, I'm just like, what makes people backslide? They don't backslide overnight. What makes people that taste the good word of God, the powers of ages come, to fall away, as Hebrews 6 says? And folks, let me tell you, it's the mystery of iniquity. And we've been preaching on this for years. You've got to gird up your loins. You've got to run this race. We all run, but only one wins. Paul says, run this race to win. Run, hallelujah, so you'll not be disqualified. Buffet your body. Lest after you preach and teach to others, you be disqualified. Folks, hallelujah, this is not the time to listen to the strange woman. This is not the time to spread your waters in the streets to, to somebody that, that is a strange, foolish woman. This is not the time to lose your Levi, Levi status because you couldn't keep your uh, Levi's on. This is not the time to backslide. This is not the time to give up and despair and go back to worldly ways. This is the time to live by faith. Hallelujah. And faith is simply obeying the voice of God, hearing his word, and stay in that place. So Isaac stayed in that place of obedience despite the famine that was going on. And in that place, it says in verse 8, which is a, a, a very powerful text, it came about 
when he'd been there a long time, long time now, that he started wavering. He, he was afraid that the men would kill him because his wife, Rebecca, was beautiful. So he said he was my sister. And the Philistines looked, and Avimelech, he looked through a window and saw, behold, Isaac was caressing his wife, Rebecca. And Avimelech called Isaac and said, behold, certainly she is your wife. How then do you say she is my sister? And Isaac said to him, because lest I, I die on account of her. And Avimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the people might have easily lain with your wife, and would have brought this guilt upon us. So Avimelech charged all the people, saying, He who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. So here we see that he obeyed God. He was in the land. He stayed there. But the neighbors, which was the Philistines at that time, um, he began to get afraid that they would take his wife. So he lied. He did a little lie. The little lie turned into a big lie, you know, and uh, it was in that place of trying to camouflage what his relationship was with this woman that he was caught in the lie. See, brothers and sisters, it's not enough just to obey God. You have to extend yourself after a long time to keep the character, to live honest. Come on, folks. Hallelujah. Say amen out there. Your character will keep you where your gifts will not sustain you. Your gifts may bring you through an open door, but your character is what's going to sustain you in the long haul. And so it was in this place, Avimelech notices through a window, he sees that he's caressing his wife, Rebecca. And the word caressing here is the Hebrew word, misachechet, which is the same root for the word laughter or Isaac. It's taken into the form of playing. Now, some of you have not heard this teaching. Others have heard it. But what sustains me in this hour of drought, in this hour of, of we're believing God to, to build out an ark here for all the sheep that are coming to us, a multi-purpose center, and in the climate of war, and in a, in a situation living here in Israel, what keeps me going is this revelation of Mesachechet. It says in Proverbs chapter 8 that... The woman wisdom, she was crawling out to the naive young men to come and listen to her, not the strange woman. And then chapter 8 dissolves away from the natural calling into God himself, hallelujah, Jesus, the wisdom of God, calling out and talking of before the world began. So we see a pre-Genesis account of how the world was created, Father, Son, Holy Spirit together. And it says they frolic and played and the word there is misachachet. So the atmospherics of heaven, there is a joy, there is a frolicking, there is a playing. This is the same word used of, uh, in Psalms 104 of the sea creatures playing with one another. It's the same word used in Zechariah chapter 8 of the children playing in the streets of Jerusalem. This is the same word used here in marital relationship of Isaac playing with his wife Rebecca. And so we see here, you know, the Song of Solomon is not just this, you know, great love story, romantic love story. You know, let's wake up early in the morning, let's go and smell and see if the pomegranates have blossomed, and there I'll give you my love. Uh, it's, that is a type and shadow of Jesus' relationship with his church. Hallelujah. Our love for him, glory to God. And it's awesome, the bride and the bridegroom, the 
your wedding supper, all of those end time themes. So what sustains me personally in this desert region of Israel, in this desert climate, in this uh, climate of terror, in this climate of of no move of God, uh, sovereign move of God happening on a national basis here yet, what keeps me going is this word misachet, in this place of frolicking and laughing and enjoying Abba Father, hallelujah, and knowing him personally, glory to God. And the greatest expression of that in the natural and earth is the relationship, the mystery between Christ and his church or husband and wife. Beautiful, beautiful. And then it says in verse 12, Now Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household so that the Philistines envied him. That's so interesting. It goes on, it says here, Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of his Abraham his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, you are too powerful for us. You are too mightier than us. So Isaac departed from there and settled in the valley of Gerar. So it's very interesting. Here is Isaac. He obeyed God. He stayed in the land during the famine. He did not go the worldly way down into Egypt. Okay, the path of easiness. He stayed and pioneered. Glory to God. You and I need to stay in the center, the sweet spot. Okay, when you're in that place of frolicking with Abba, and come on, hello, that mystery between Christ and his church, and you're in that secret spot place, and you're in that sweet spot, hallelujah, and he tells you what to do, you stay centered, and you sojourn, and camp out, and what he's told you to do, hallelujah, glory to God, no matter what famine's going on around you, and it's in that place, hallelujah, that God will tell you to sow, and as you sow, miraculous increase, miraculous crops, hallelujah, miraculous things begin to break. And because there's no rain in the land, he'll begin to tell you to reap open the wells. He'll begin to tell you to drill new wells. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so there's that well of salvation within each of us that he wants to spring up on a daily basis to keep you refreshed. It's in that place of frolicking. And it's also, this is the place that God wants us to grow mighty and great. Hallelujah. To cause our enemies to be envious of us. The wicked will gnash their teeth as they see the blessings of the Lord, as it says in Psalms 112 and St. Corinthians chapter 9. Brothers and sisters, this is the time to sow. This is the time to sojourn in what God's told you to do. And if we can bring it back to the simple elementary basics, God in this hour wants to bless the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The seed of Abraham are those who are born again through the blood of Jesus and also those, okay, of the Israel within Israel. Not all Israel is Israel, Paul says in Romans, but there is a remnant here in Israel. There is a remnant of Jewish people, whether they be saved yet or not, that are called, that are chosen. Hallelujah. That God has fulfilled the prophecies from millenniums ago are happening right now here in the Middle East. Even the new president of France you know, said a congratulatory during the 60th anniversary this year, or last year, excuse me, of Israel's ex- modern existence. It is, Israel is a modern miracle. Well, without a doubt, he's correct in that. 
the reason why we are a miracle. This place is a miracle, how it keeps functioning and how it is protected by the hand of God. And I want to say, brothers and sisters, that God wants you to sow. If we've been spiritual partakers of Israel, we need to bless them materially. And we have set up the system and how we want to do this. We want to continue to support this special unit of warriors. Hallelujah. They're being touched. Acts of kindness, opening eyes of blindness. It's awesome. We want to continue forging ahead and bringing forth these teachings to you, prophetic real time. And also we want to forge ahead and pioneer. Hallelujah. Currently we're here debt free. Glory to God. We now want to pioneer the next phase, which is operation property purchase. We want to purchase the facility next door. We want to build it out to make it an ark. God's been telling me, you, know, you guys have been following our ministry and you know, by his grace, God's just made us a watchman on the wall. You know, we warned people about the World Trade Center before it happened. We warned people uh, about the false Messiah. We, you know, we warned people about the mystery of lawlessness. We warned so much to go back, and you can go through our website or read some of our books to see some of those testimonies. God's used us to warn about many things, and now we've been warning you for several years now about about terrorism and how we need to take it out and how we can incorporate the shofar with the army on the ground and it's happening now hallelujah glory to god and so what is the spirit of god telling me in 2009 he's saying 2009 sojourn in the land of promise here okay and move with fear in haste and build an ark for what's coming on the earth and what i see coming is the rains hallelujah i see a rain of the glory of God. I see a revival. I see an awakening. I see a harvest in this part of the world. Arise, shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, because there's going to be great darkness on the earth. And I can see the great darkness coming on the earth. So it's in this hour, before the rains come, brothers and sisters, before this next outpouring comes, that we can build out a training facility. And 1.3 million is not a whole lot of money. And we're asking people to sow into that. We the architect and the builder. We're ready to go with this, folks. And we're only I'm not going to get into debt. I'm not taking out a loan or a mortgage on this place. I'm going, we're going by cash only. Hallelujah. The place we bought now was by cash only. Glory to God. Now we want to move forward with cash only. And uh, we want to build out an ark, a place we can disciple and take care of the people, train people. Glory to God. And it bring you guys over in and out on short-term basis and to be really blessed here in the land of promise. Glory to God. And I want you guys to flow in the powder of Isaac. Hallelujah. Don't be scared of what anybody thinks. Don't lie and make little little lies about things. Live total, honest, and pure, okay? In that place, I want you to learn how to fall back in love with your spouse. Glory to God, your husband or your wife. Caress, love one another, play with one another. Hallelujah. And then the next step, I want you to take that into the spirit realm and let God be frolic and play and rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Hallelujah. Let there be a place of uh, like dolphin that are that are playing in the ocean. Isn't it funny how so many people around the world pay, pay billions of dollars to watch SeaWorld, to watch animals frolic and act like humans? and play. Why? Because there's the fingerprint of God's nature and his divine attributes, Romans 1, is in creation itself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So people without excuse, people are trying to find that fingerprint of God and it's in creation and they've started to worship creation more than the creator. 
So we need to bring people back. There's a place of frolicking. There's a place of deep joy. There's a place of uncovering the wells of the fathers. Hallelujah. And it's by sojourning where God's told you to be, no matter what the famine may be. It's by finding that sweet spot of intimacy with him, living honestly, glory to God, and then sowing. Folks, I I have this rolling inside of me. I know people have lost their jobs. I know there's all types of myriads of reports going on. But now is not the time to hold back. Now is the time to sow into Israel's salvation. Now is the time to sow into the next harvest cycle that's about to happen on earth. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of you are starting to catch this message of counterterrorism, but I've been just preaching this for years now. Come on, folks, let's get up to speed. There's not much of a learning curve here. God is speaking. We'll continue taking care of these units. We'll continue doing counterterrorism. We'll continue preaching his word and, and winning souls. The fishing here is great, but now it's time to make disciples. And now it's time God's coming forth and he's giving this word in Genesis twenty six twelve. Isaac sowed in the land, okay, in the time of the famine and reaped the same year a hundredfold. And this is the time to sow, folks. Glory to God. And uh, it's just a very, very exciting thing. You know, my, my sister, my oldest sister sent me several years ago, this picture of Bill Gates. And it was kind of funny. It showed Bill Gates and and maybe five or 10 people standing around him. And that was Microsoft Corporation, just that it was only like a year old. And these guys all looked like hippies, you know. And um, the captain said, would you buy stock in this company? <laughs> and you look at this picture and say, ah, I wouldn't buy, you know. Why would I buy a stock with a bunch of these hippies? And not knowing where those guys would have been 25, 30 years later. And that's the thing that's going on here, is that this is a startup, this is a pioneering work, hallelujah. Um, God's told us to come here and sojourn, and now is the time to sow into it, glory to God. And we're real excited because our children, two of my, my two, two oldest kids, Gideon and Deborah, will be going into the army next year. Uh, our oldest son, Gideon, is making Aliyah, he'll be here in April. Um, and then we have all the other visitors coming in, we have the Israelis, we have the discipleship. All kinds of neat stuff going on, folks, and we just need to we need to expand. We need to build 1.3 million. We'll finish out the amount to buy the land and to build a facility. We're ready to go for it. No gift is too small. Hallelujah! Spread the word, folks. Um, if you'd like to find out more about what what you're sowing into, come on over. Check out the fields here. We'll show you what's going on, um, and you'll be really, really blessed and excited. What an awesome opportunity to get drunk in the Holy Ghost, intoxicated in knowing Him and to make Him known. Anyway, send me your questions. Hallelujah. I'm glad to hear these podcasts are, are blessing you guys and, and encouraging you. And uh, again, don't forget, there's a famine in the land. This is the time to sow into it. You can see on our video page, on the website, contact page, offering page, how you can sow into the ministry. Love you guys. Talk again real soon. Shalom, shalom.
want to thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says, if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they'd be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming running home to you now. In your name I pray. Amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.